What's up, guys? We are the PR Girls, and this is our podcast. Okay. Welcome back. I'm so excited for the topic of this pajama chat. And it's actually pretty appropriate because we're, we're filming this on a Saturday morning. And from the bottom down, I'm completely pajama. Um, we are talking about love in quarantine times. And we joke around with Jess all the time. We always say we want to wife her up. And <laughs> she's a bumble rep. And we're just so, I'm so intrigued about what dating is going to look like, what it's like being single. Um, and for the first time, I'm actually going to kind of let Jess drive this one because she's the expert on this. I know nothing about anything in the dating scene these days. So she's going to take it from here and she's going to introduce our guest and we're going to roll right into it. I'm so psyched. All right. Thanks, Kim. Well, I'm super excited because we have an awesome guest today, James M. Sama. Did I say it right? Right. You did actually, yes, very impressive. Everyone messes mine up, so I always got to check with people. That's great. <laughs> um, great. James is a nationally recognized speaker, presenter, coach on human performance, relationships, leadership, author of Unlocking Love, fellow Suffolk alum, and Woo! so much more. He does a little bit of everything. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of what I want to kick it off with because you do so much. We were talking about it before we officially started this, that a lot of people come to you for maybe one thing and then realize, actually, I need something else from you and help in this area of my life. So how did you get into this field? And I guess what's a typical day like? Because that's what I'm curious about. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, the, the, recently, the days have just been, I mean, nonstop with calls and like virtual workshops and video chats with clients and things like that. But it, it's, it started, this all really stemmed from like my own and we were talking before the call about our own kind of personal journeys and frustrations. It all really stemmed from that. Whereas I grew up in a very traditional, like Italian household, you know, kind of old school family. So my view of relationships growing up was, was that, it was almost like the 50s sitcom, you know? <laughs> and it was like, that's just kind of what I thought was normal. And when I started attempting to date in like, at like high school age, I learned really quickly that that just did not work. And I'm like, why am I not getting like good responses from love letters and roses and all the stuff that I thought was, you know, was legit. And it, it, you know, as I grew further into adulthood and saw that not only was this stuff not really working or not really prominent, but nobody was happy. So I started being like, hey, like when people were putting effort in in these ways, relationships seem to have lasted more. And now they're not doing that anymore. And also relationships aren't lasting so maybe there's a connection so i just started writing about it you know and i was like here's how we can be better like from the male perspective initially i wanted to be like hey guys like we can step up here's how we can be better as men as gentlemen um and i just had started a you know a blog that i didn't really know anything about i was at the time blogging was big um and within three months that i started writing i had one article about like being a real gentleman in a relationship that which ended up being read over a million and a half times in one day. Wow. Um, like literally just, I was, I had no idea what was happening. I was like, <laughs> what is going on here with this article? And it really just spiraled. And, you know, I started getting calls from like, from radio stations, from TV stations. And essentially I was like, I need to figure out, I can't be a one hit wonder, right? Like I need to figure out why this is happening and how I can build off of it. And I just, just people, I saw how frustrated people were with relationships. <laughs> So I really focused Sorry. on that um, on that realm. No, that's okay. The dog has to chime in too. That's scary. I literally, at first I thought it was like a baby crying, and I was like, oh my god. Yeah. 
Oh no, that's the sound my dog makes all the time. <laughs> that's great. That's awesome. Well, they wanted to be involved, so. Um, so yeah, so I, I really just ran with it. I was like, clearly there's some, there's some real deep rooted dissatisfaction here in the dating world. And I just kept writing about it, writing about it, writing about it. And now it's like 38 million people that have read the website and, um, it's, you know, it has become a real widespread topic. Wow. And yeah. I'm sure kind of what brought us here to begin with was that we were thinking there's so much different now in every aspect of life with quarantine. I mean, we don't go to restaurants the same way we used to you're not just out at a bar to meet people how has that changed with what you're talking to people about now and where do you see the future of dating going with that well, i can tell you where i hope it goes um, <laughs> and i was hoping a lot of things were going to be changing like different norms like we would and then you know you, go, you kind of go out into the world and half the time you're like do people realize there's a global pandemic happening you yeah. know what i mean so like so is there going to be long-term change? I hope so in some ways, but it's very possible that in a few months we're just kind of back to normal because people are habitual creatures. But right now, I think that there actually are some benefits to it. And maybe you're seeing this with Bumble and we can, you know, we can talk about all that, but like, you're not really in a position where people are basically like, hey, just come over and watch a movie for like the first time mm -hmm. you meet them. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like you're sort of forced to have real conversations. Right. Because, you know, if you escalate immediately to something that's like sexual or whatever, it's sort of like, like, what's the point of this? What are you, you know what I mean? It's clear where some of intentions are. Mm -hmm. So you kind of have this filtration system of, you know, you might talk to somebody for a month or two months before you even meet them in person. Right. right. And, and, you know, that now is, a, is so much different than before that like, if somebody only makes it a couple weeks or you get bored of them, whereas normally you would have already just met them. Yeah. Now, you know, you've got this elongated process that can show you who you actually want to get to know on a, on a deeper level or not. Yeah. So I think that, you know, that kind of has sparked a different cycle. Of yeah, I totally agree. Because I noticed that from the Bumble side that now, especially at the beginning of the quarantine where we thought it was only going to be a few weeks. So, you know, I was just chatting with anyone. I was like, I'm going to weed out the people that, you know, we don't have anything in common. There's you know, no future there, but it gave you a chance to like really get to know them before that first meeting. And then once you hang out or something, it's okay, well, we actually know each other. It's not a super awkward first date, so to speak. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that that is a big piece of, you know, what, what was missing before. Mm -hmm. And because there just wasn't that kind of that deeper conversation, that connection, you would jump, you would just talk about random stuff or whatever. And another piece of this is it's, you know, you have to look at how people are, are reacting to all of the quarantine stuff, all of the COVID things, right? Because it's reflective of, I think, worldview, values, and things like that. And if you start talking to somebody from a dating perspective, and you haven't left your house in three months, right. and they've been out partying every single weekend, then you're like, it's an it's a instant just kind of like, you know what? And no, I'm not trying to judge anybody. I mean, I, I do publicly normally, but on the show, I'm not going to do it. Uh, <laughs> um, it's just a difference in worldview. You know what I mean? It's just, there's an incompatibility, I think, that is signaled there from the beginning because you haven't just approached the world for a traumatic experience in the same way. So that is also, I think, a, a new kind of filtration system. Yeah, it's I agree. I think there's a lot happening right now that's kind of showing what kind of people, you know, and what people care about. And you're able to be like, you know what? We don't see the same view on this topic that's really big right now. Sorry, I don't, <laughs> not going to work out. Yeah, no, 100%. And that's something that, you know, it was kind of 
there's so much happening right now that is in your face. I mean, whether it's the protests or the riots or Black Lives Matter or COVID or whatever, it's not, it, there, these things are just so prominent that it's almost as if you can't just have meaningless conversations about fluff. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and if you do, I think that is a, just another sign of, uh, you know, and depending on what you're, again, like I'm not trying to make assumptions of people, but like, if you are the type of person who wants a serious connection, who wants to build something real with someone and, and nothing anybody talks about is of substance, then you're like, hey, look at everything happening in the world right now, and you don't even want to comment on it. You know, you don't have an opinion, right? It's kind of like that's that's another thing that I think is helping people see where they want to address their or like put their time or, or not. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a probably a tough time for people who are not looking for anything more than a casual hookup right now, because that's probably not happening the same way. So. Oh, definitely not. And that's like, and it's kind of it really has sort of put the hookup culture like on hold. Yeah. You know, and you I mean. I'm curious, do you guys think that's a good thing or a bad thing? I think it's a good thing. I mean, personally, I'm 26 and, you know, I go on dates, like I've been single for a while. And it's so weird because I feel like you just, at this point, almost have to assume that that's what everyone wants. So it's super kind of like this awkward, like tiptoeing around to be like, so are you looking to date or like what's going on? And yeah, I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think it's, I, I do think it's a good thing. I mean, I, you know, I went through a phase in my 20s where I would have been miserable right now because I was just all over the place. And I'm like, my God, you know, I would have been like clawing at the walls. But, but now I think, I do think that it's kind of this like reset in society where we're sort of forced to look at things differently. And, you know, there is that kind of like, I mean, you know, five years ago, if you basically asked somebody if they've been tested recently, everybody knew what you meant. Right. Now it's like, oh, you mean for COVID? Right. <laughs> you know, like that's a, it's a new, like, it's kind of a new set of circumstances that we're dealing with now that, that I think is going to become a longstanding norm. But again, like that, it, it's like, I've started seeing somebody through the quarantine situation. Like, and we talked for two months every day. And it was like, so when it came time to, you know, actually get together, it was this conversation of, you know, are we comfortable with this? Are you, but we, like, we knew how each other had been handling the situation the entire time. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was that that level of comfort that was built where it's like it's it's trust. And now it's like, you know, you, you continue that, you get together, you kind of, you have this reputation built with each other and you understand that you're on the same page. Mm. But it's but I think I think that's the way it has to be right now. Right. Yeah, I felt that from what I've seen working with Bumbles that a lot of people, you know, at the beginning maybe would start talking, but this has gone on so much longer than any of us mm -hmm. expected. So some things I think have fizzled out just out of sheer like, oh, we don't know, are we comfortable getting together? And luckily things are starting to open. So I think people can kind of comfortably be like, well, maybe we can meet at this restaurant that's following all the rules and we feel safe here, this and that. But it is weird as far as like, if you're gonna have your first date with someone going forward, what does that look like? Cause it's not like you can just go grab a quick drink at a bar necessarily. I don't, right. yeah. it's gonna be different for sure. Yeah, I mean, I have, a, I have a client who lives in Texas, and she, and Texas is in rough shape right now, but like maybe a month or two ago, um, she went on a date with a guy and they went for a walk. Mm -hmm. Like they, you know, they kind of met up and like, and she was very adamant about, you know, we're gonna, we have to keep our distance or whatever. And it's, is it the most romantic thing in the world? No, but it's a way to, to move past, you know, a video chat, basically. Um, and, you know, see what somebody's like in person, how do they walk, how do they act, how do they talk or whatever. And, and, you know, build up to something 
where you feel more comfortable. But like, that's unfortunately, it really is, I think, just kind of Zoom drinks at this point. Um, you know, and now, like you said, Jess, like things are opening, so it's, it's a little bit easier. Um, but I think kind of setting those boundaries, it's a whole other thing. Like, you know, what are we comfortable with? And that's a, it has to be a personal decision, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I feel like the, you know, as much as you can talk to someone for months and, you know, you, you like them, when you have to meet to still kind of get that, okay, there's a connection for sure here. So yeah, really tiptoeing around what everyone's comfortable with being safe and all that. It's yeah. And I think that there's, there's, and I had this happen recently, um, like in my own family where it was basically like, Hey, if, if we're going to agree to kind of like, you know, do a holiday or do a get together and not wear masks and not be, you know, like with your own family, which is just such a weird thing these days. It's like, you know, the, take the next two weeks, don't go to like an event, don't go to a party, don't be around people or whatever, like a lot of people. And, and then, you know, we're, we're all at like kind of the 14 day kind of clear mark or whatever. And we're going to be more comfortable mixing and mingling, not like hugging and kissing and all that stuff, but like, you know, not as, not as on guard. So I think that, you know, if you get to the point with somebody where maybe you've been talking for a few weeks and you're like, Hey, listen, like, I really want to get together, but like there, you know, there has to be an inherent, inherent level of trust there where it's like, let's, let's plan this for two weeks. And for the next two weeks, you and I both agree, like, make sure that we're not in groups. We're not like around a big, you know, a, a big amount of people or whatever. And then we know that we're as safe as we can be at the end of those two weeks when we actually get together. Right. You know, um, because I mean, it's either that or, and believe me, like, and as Kim may have seen in my, I mean, I was like all over people during quarantine, like, like stop doing, like, I was really, really, really strict. So mm-hmm. I am not advocating for just like going out and doing whatever, but like either you completely sacrifice your entire life or you be as cautious and as careful as you can, you know, trying to add different things in there that are important. Yeah. yeah. You know? And human connection is definitely one of those things. Obviously we all need that. It is. And as far as, before you get to that meeting point and you, you know, are talking for all these weeks indefinitely until, you know, quarantine stuff is back to normal. What is like, what sort of questions should people be asking each other to really make the most of that time? Cause usually you don't get this chunk of time to really mm. get down to business, getting to know each other and like connecting like that. I feel like I'm always kind of awkward about like, okay, I'm just going to casually, you know, so what do you like to do for fun? <laughs> you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Sports. yeah, yeah. Yeah, now it's like, I don't do anything for fun. There's nothing to do. Exactly, um, yeah. <laughs> if you say what's up to someone, there is no answer. It's like, same thing I've been doing for months. Right. So now yeah. You need well, to get to the deeper level, but I feel like people don't know how to do that a lot. And that's that's an underlying issue, right? Like that's, that's, a, that's a part of, I think, our culture that has separated us so much, whether it's social media or whether it's just like different norms or whatever. Like the fact that we can't just, talk about things that's that's the whole separate problem right and like and that's not i'm not being accusatory or blaming anybody for anything i'm saying like as a concept just to have to stop and be like oh well if i haven't like done anything today i don't have anything of meaning to talk about that's that's and i think that if you start talking to somebody and that's the case for them then it really kind of gives you this glimpse of maybe this person isn't somebody that i could build something really robust with because they clearly don't have anything going on so you know i think that and I know that sounds bad, but I mean, here we are. So, you know, after all these years, I've kind of stopped like sugarcoating things, obviously. Um, 
you know, and it, it's, but as far as questions and things like that, I've never been like the interview date type person. I think that it, it's, it's a, it's an opportunity for us to all really, again, like I said, like there's so many different things that are in our face right now that we really have to start being honest with ourselves about, you know, what our stance is on social issues, how, you know, what, what our identity is, like what our purpose is. I talk about that stuff all the time and being quarantined has made a lot of us have to reflect on that in ways that might be uncomfortable. So I think that the deeper that we can get into that with ourselves, that we then we can bring that to conversations with other people, and you know express like our opinions and our thoughts, and having have to be willing to do that. And it's like, hey, you know, I feel this way about X, Y, and Z, or like, hey, did you see this thing on the news or whatever? I think the conversations have to just become more fluid like that. And as opposed to like, what do you like to do for fun? It's more like you know, I'm planning on doing such and such that gives your like moral stance, you know, mm -hmm. whether you're liberal, conservative, whatever. And if the person's like, oh, me too. It's like, okay, good. Right. Or if they're like, what? Like, I can't believe you see this thing in that way. Then at least, you know, off the bat that, that you get to those deeper issues quicker. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? That makes sense. Cause yeah, nothing serious is ever going to come if you keep it fluffy and like the entire time. Right. Yeah. So, and I'm yeah. certainly not saying like dive into like, you know, the biggest social issues around like immediately but i think it it's those conversations kind of like you know i mean how have you been like how are you holding up like how are you handling quarantine like you know what's has work changed for you like all the different things that are more about somebody's real life than just mm -hmm. kind of like you know like you said fluffy things i think are, are more important right you know yeah i agree i feel like i've seen in quarantine i think people have kind of just they're like, oh, what? I'll try any pickup line at this point. So a lot of people actually, from what I've seen, are jumping straight to that. Like, mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on this? Like, super deep issue. I'm like, eh, I guess if you can do it, go for it right there. And if the person doesn't reply, you know, it's not, <laughs> clearly it's not a yeah. good yeah. mix. Totally. And I don't think that's a bad idea. You know, I mean, I think it's, it really is kind of like at this point, it's sort of like, let's just, let's just go for it. See what happens. Yeah. And, and there's, there's. I'm passionate about right like if it's something you're super passionate about you're better off kind of getting it because right now you can't avoid those discussions so if you're super passionate about something you're right get it you got to get that out of the way otherwise i mean look at family members are fighting parents and, and kids are fighting like do you really want to mate who you're going to end up fighting with as well over these things 100 yeah. percent. and those are the things that i always say like i mean that's what we need to work on as individuals anyway is figuring out like that passion, that that purpose, that direction. And it's like, and that's why I mentioned earlier with so many clients that want the dating advice and then excuse me, turns into, oh, I need to work on myself because people haven't actually done that, done that work. You know, mm -hmm. it's like one of the, the speaker bureaus that I speak of, like, you know, within is there's groups of CEOs and executives. And like some of these people are running major companies, like 10 figure companies. And you sit down with them in, this, in these roundtable discussions and you start talking about identity and like, who are you outside of your career? And they're all like, uh, and, and it's, it's the strangest thing to, to observe because you see all these people and you're like, oh, these people have everything figured out and they don't. So, so you know, from, from like the dating perspective and just from getting out into the world, I mean, developing those passions and figuring that out is the best way to then just therefore attract people to share it because you're, 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 whether, even if you're not out doing things right now, you know, maybe you're posting about it online and maybe you're kind of like joining different virtual groups that you 
kind of chat with people with and you make connections that way, mm-hmm. you know, and expressing that on your profiles and kind of having like, obviously, obviously if you see people, somebody, you know, in a Black Lives Matter shirt on their Bumble profile and you are not of the same political affiliation, not that it's political, but you know, right. then obviously it's just, it, it's putting it out there in the beginning, what you stand for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that, that there's value in that. Yeah. Yeah, that's another question I was going to ask because I have very strong opinions about what makes a decent profile versus a really bad one because I see bad ones mm. all the time. And one of our jobs when we do events is like people can come ask us to kind of revamp their profile or at least give them some tips. So I was curious, I think something like that is a great idea is if there's something you're super passionate about, feature it on there. Uh, I wasn't sure if you had any specific things you've either seen or think that should be on any profile because yeah some people just i don't know sometimes it just doesn't stand out and that's not going to do any good (laughs) no i agree and i think as far i mean as far as the photos go like obviously and it really depends on i think who we're talking to right because men are so visual that Mm -hmm. not that women aren't but like men are just you know it's your they should be reading bios but i think we all know that there's pretty quick swiping happening Mm um so you know i think it really is that like like projecting of, I think especially these days, it's less about like make sure, let me make sure I look good in every photo, as opposed to let me make sure that I'm projecting who I am. In every photo. Right. Right. So I think that there's a really good kind of like, you know, balance to be had of, am I, you know, whether you're around family or whether you're wearing a mask. Some people mm-hmm. don't, you know, some people consider that a political statement. So it's like mm-hmm. maybe in your third, third or fourth photo, like you've got a mask on or something. Mm-hmm. Like having that kind of, you know, projection of this is this is me on a deeper level mm-hmm. I think now more than ever is is important as far as like the bio goes I have to give credit to um, a guy named Brian Howie who I've done a lot of events with he hosts a, a lot of events across the country and he's he, his idea is there should be like three things in your bio about you two things about what you're looking for and one thing about what they what you want together like I am ABC looking for XY so we can Z. Um, I like that. That's you know what I mean. Like I've always kind of thought that's an interesting, yeah, sort of like like way to put things in there. Um, but I mean, I, I think that you know the the basics always stand in terms of like I've never been for like no hookups. I don't want this. I don't want that. It's like immediately you're on the defensive. The second mm-hmm. that you see a bio, you're like, oh well, this is gonna be a pain in the ass. <laughs> you know. So it's like you just don't. So I think that there's that again, opportunity to express now more than ever, like a, a, a philosophical brand that we hold for ourselves in order to just attract the right people, you know, and yeah. really weed out the wrong ones. And I think that this is the time to be, you know, strong in that and steadfast in that and be like, yeah, I'm unapologetically like this. This is what I'm standing for. Mm-hmm. And because it's not, we're not wasting time. It's not like, let's go on dates with a hundred people and see who works out best. Right. You know what I mean? We just can't. So that, that might as well just filter people out from the beginning. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's, I mean, that's my thought on it. I, that's what I try to do. <laughs> I like that yeah. idea for the bio, though, because I feel like so many people get to the point where they have to get to their bio, and they just blank out. Like, it's this open space; you can do anything you want with it. I don't. I think people get overwhelmed and don't do anything then, or you know. Something totally. And there are a lot of blank bios and like, and I've seen, you know, and I've always said like, I feel like a blank bio is basically just saying, I hope you like me from my lips because I'm not going to tell you anything about me. So, I mean, 
and that goes for both men and women. There has to, like, what are you even swiping on? What are you even going to comment on? How are you supposed to start a conversation? Unless there is something really descriptive in a photo. Yep. I agree. You know? and, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, just also, people need to make sure, the amount of times I just see group photos, and it's mm. a bunch of photos, I'm like, who even is it? Like, you can't, yeah. you have to do, like, this one looks like they're in three of the photos, so maybe it's this person. Yeah. Like, you're supposed okay. to be showcasing yourself. And I feel like people forget that. They're like, okay, I look good in this picture, even if there's six other people, hopefully they can figure out it's me. 100%. Yeah, I totally agree. And like either crop somebody out or, you know, blur out faces or something or put like a little arrow, like, hey, this is me or mm -hmm. something like that. Um, and I also think, and I don't know if this is controversial or not, but like, I don't think there should be photos with someone of the opposite sex in your profile. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, whether it's, maybe it's your brother, maybe it's your sister, maybe it's, who knows? We don't know that. And it's like, why would you, you know, that to me just kind of, I don't know. It's, I might get some, some backlash for that, but it's like, you're kind of, the idea is to sort of picture yourself, I think, with this person, you know, and, and to kind of muddy it with someone else in that visual space. Right. Feels like it sort of evades that thought process. Yeah, because theoretically that could be their ex, and then you're thinking, okay, they clearly are not over that person. <laughs> right. Maybe I don't yeah. want to talk to them. Yeah, like, why would that person still be like in their dating profile, or like, are they swingers? Like, what's going on here? You know what I mean? Which I've seen on there too, and like, at least be open about it. Like, right. this is you know, we're a couple, so that should go in your bio. We just yeah. talked about you have say what you're looking for. I am X Y Z. This is my yeah. wife, and we're looking to do this together. <laughs> And I've actually seen that before. Discussion, though. <laughs> yeah, that's that is a whole other discussion. But but you're but it falls in line with like being authentic, yeah. you know. And that is such an overused word these days, like you know, authenticity. But it's we just need that kind of transparent communication of what it is that we're looking for and who that who we are. And I you know I hope that quarantine, you know, and I actually had a podcast interview last night, and we had a very similar conversation about like a lot of people have have had a really hard time with this because they're you know they're alone with someone they might not like to be alone with right and that is a big challenge for a lot of people and that's a whole mental health discussion and that's a whole kind of identity thing but that's a real a real issue a real challenge so it's like so you know we're also using this time to get clarity around that and who we are and what we really do want is is like number one importance in terms of actually finding a healthy relationship because if we don't have it with ourselves how can we have it with anybody else yeah true you know and i mean and that's that's something that that it's a whole it's a it's it takes that reflection it takes that willingness to to be introspective and really look at you know like what emotions am i feeling why am i feeling this i mean why do i just need to go out and fill my time with with something and and that's the thing people don't have, really have their escape you know, they haven't been able to go to the bars, they haven't been able to go to the gym. So they've needed to kind of cope in ways that, that they weren't really equipped to do. And I think that they, or, you know, they can't go out and just hook up with a bunch of people. So there's like, really, we've all been forced to kind of figure it out, mm -hmm. you know? And like you said, Jess, like now we're sort of kind of moving back into some semblance of, of reality. But I mean, you know, if there is like, there's states like Florida or Texas or Arizona, that it's like, or California, yeah. you know, like, hey, guess what, everybody, back inside. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's a whole other kind of struggle again. 
um, that if lessons weren't learned the first time, it's going to be doubly difficult to, to have to try to kind of move through that again. Yeah. Ugh, hopefully around here we can keep it, <laughs> keep it going in a good direction. Cause I have friends in LA and they're like, I yeah, know miserable. Yeah. No, for sure. And I think that, you know, I mean, we've been relatively fortunate here as bad as it was in the beginning because, you know, of the, of the measures taken and of people not just going out and kind of doing their thing. But like, that's, that is a struggle now is that we need to maintain that momentum. And I know we're not talking about COVID, we're talking about dating relationships, but like, but again, it, you know, it is, it is relevant in the sense of like, oh, things are good. Things are open. I'm just going to go date around again. Like I was doing before right. that we now have to consider, you know, what could happen because of that. Mm-hmm. So, so it's like, it's, it's not, it still is kind of maintaining that, you know, let's talk a little bit longer. Let's be careful. Let's go for like a walk in the park instead of like, you know, it's not like you can go to a movie anyway right now, but um, anything like that or a show or something where you're inside. So it's, it's, and I think this is an opportunity for all of us to really stick to those values. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if we were kind of, if we were like, I know people that were super locked down and then when the protests happened in the riot, like they were out in the protest and like, hopefully they were continuing to be safe, but it's, but you know, you got to kind of question like, well, how much did you really believe in the lockdown stuff where you're just kind of following what you thought you were supposed to do? And then now you're just kind of throwing it to the caution to the wind and like ruining three months of progress mm-hmm. that you made, you know? So I think now is really the time to like continue on with the lessons that we have learned and hopefully taught ourselves and, yeah. and bring it to our next relationship. Whereas the next person has hopefully done the same thing. Right. I think that how people react to all this is such a, a showcase of what kind of person they are and like what they care about. Cause at the beginning of quarantine, I think back in like March, end of March, being April, I had talked to someone on a dating app and he was like, yeah, we should get together. I'm like, what? This is the height yeah. of it. You're not supposed to do anything. Cause like, we can go for a hike or something. But back then, and my mom's a nurse. So I was like, no, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. That did not work out. But it just yeah. was like the people that really, you know, feel strongly about something that's just not, you know, it'll, it might be a deal breaker if someone else doesn't, which I think is good because imagine 10 years from now you're married and this happens again and your husband doesn't want to lock down with you. That, that might be tough. That's, I really think that that's like you were talking earlier about questions to ask. I mean, that's like, maybe it's kind of awkward, but yeah, I mean, really it's important to know like how somebody has chosen to handle this, mm-hmm. you know? And, and even now, I mean, as we kind of like slowly explore what we can and can't do it's like are, are people just kind of totally diving back in or are they still kind of being you know a little cautious like we're still dealing with that so I completely agree like I think that's super important um and you know if you're I mean you really are learning a lot about people whether it's family members or close friends or just a Facebook friend or something like you're seeing real sides of people come out where you're like that's not that person is not the I thought they Mm-hmm. you know and and i think that's happening in relationships too like kim was mentioning earlier like people are you know they're locked down with a significant other maybe even if they're married this still may be the most time they've ever spent together mm-hmm. yeah. because it's like maybe they still had you know jobs or they traveled or whatever it might have been like very rarely do you have just two people 24 7 locked down. you know yeah. obviously that's kids. extreme but yeah right. and yeah kids and kids that are out of school you know so right. now you've got 
you know, two parents working from home who that was kind of probably like a good thing that they were going on their own way and the kids were going away and now all four are home and it's, it's, you know, I don't have that problem, but it's challenging. Like it's a, it's a strain on, this has been a true test of figuring out who we truly are, what we are capable of, and really how you can survive with the people that you're with or without the people that you're with, you know, like your heart can break if you can't see somebody, you know, I feel for people that are just getting into like the, the love part of their relationship. And now, you know, there's a lot of challenges here and I'm glad we had this discussion because it's definitely an interesting, it's an interesting one to have no, from no matter what angle you're at, whether you're single, you're coupled, you're looking, you're fluid, you're looking to hook up, you're married, you got kids. It affects love in so many ways. It re really has. Oh yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's, it's the centerpiece of everything really. And like you said, it has changed the dynamic of every, every person's life to a certain extent. Even if you were essential and you kept working, you couldn't go out to the bar. It's like <laughs> something in your life got changed for the first time in uh, all of our lifetimes across the entire planet. So, of course, you know, the byproduct is the way we interact with each other and have the relationships is also changed. So it is, mm -hmm. it is important discussion. And I'm glad that you guys, you know, provided a forum to talk about it. And I think the feedback is going to be really interesting, too, on how people feel. Yeah. I'm, I liked what you said earlier about, you know, people need to kind of get to know themselves before they can jump into something and, you know, be with someone. And I feel like this has been such an interesting time where, all we have is time with ourselves for the most part, whoever we're living with. And hopefully we've been able to get a little more like down to it. Like, here's what I'm about. But obviously there's the day, I think we all have days where we're like, nope, I am not about this. I am losing my mind. But the good days, I'm hoping that they, at the end of this week come out and we're like, all right, now I kind of know a little more. Totally, yeah. And it really is about, you know, like, like learning ourselves and, and figuring out how we cope with different things and going through phases. And, and it's, you know, and I, I think allowing that to kind of happen and not feeling, you know, guilty about something that you feel or I shouldn't be depressed or I shouldn't be happy or I shouldn't be excited or whatever. It's like, why am I feeling this? And, and kind of working through that. And that the podcast interview that I had last night was, it was a bunch of guys and we talked about like, you know, being a man in the time of, of COVID in the sense of like, you know, there's this societal weird, uh, you know, resistance to talk about any sort of feelings or mental health as a guy but it's basically slapped everybody in the face when you're alone with yourself and people are miserable and people are depressed and and either you're you have to talk about it or you're going to drive yourself mad so it's like so yeah understanding you know our our own kind of thought process and, and emotions again it then gives just better perspective to bring into a relationship or a dating standpoint or even just have a conversation yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, well, I could talk about this forever. I don't know how long you guys want to go for, but I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> I think you tell, like you tell me. Eating a, this like whole topic, a series. I, <laughs> I was going to so say, I think we should do like a follow-up, like a second yeah. follow-up one mm -hmm. and, and, you know, kind of drag it out to part two and talk about, you know, like there's a million things I'd love to talk about. Like what are dates going to look like? I'm mm -hmm. so curious about that. Because you're not going to go bowling. You're, you might not go to a restaurant. You might not go to a movie. You're not going to go to a bar. How creative are dates going to get? We could do this all day, but it's Saturday. So we've taken up enough of your time. And uh, if, you're, if, you're, if you're down, you two, I say we do a round two. Yeah, 100%.
I love so, yeah. it. We can get like, you know, we can, I can bring it in from like the old married lady perspective. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can. But you, but you know what, you, if you, no, de no, definitely not. But, but at least you're not like actively dating so you can see things that sometimes people in the, you know, in the field, so to speak, can't see as well, you know? Yeah, and as long as we can wipe Jess up in 2020. <laughs> maybe, maybe. that's not gonna be a problem. I'm just kidding. All right. I love you both dearly. I appreciate your time. I can't wait for round two of this. Go enjoy your Saturday. I wish you both a ton of love. Until we talk again. Yes, thank you. Likewise. Thank so you guys both. Bye. My pleasure. Thanks, guys.